This is Passport Necessary, a podcast dedicated to growing up as TCKs and how it's affecting us now that we're adults. And today we'll be talking about St. Patrick's Day. Ooh, Ooh, a day of green. Um, So I'll be honest, I really didn't know what St. Patrick's Day was. I'm still not the most clear about it. Um, I just remember growing up and going to international schools where there was a fairly large American uh, portion of the student body that around St. Patrick's Day, we had to wear green unless you wanted to get pinched really bad all day long. And that was the (laughs) only association I had with St. Patrick's Day until I became a lot older. Yeah, it was a similar thing for me because... because it tended to be sort of like Americans that would introduce me to it as well, um, because it is a big thing in the States, um, which is kind of understandable because there are, there are large Irish communities that have moved over there over the hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, with being part of the British Empire, it does help to be able to be moved around a little bit in those sorts of situations because you've got the trading connections and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, there was a lot more religious tolerance in the States as well in a certain sense than there was in England for a while, so that does actually help. I mean... It would have ended up there for all sorts of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking that with you is one of the kind of things that will keep you tied down to the country that you come from. People like to do that. Yeah. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. I just know that for me, I didn't really know what it was um, no. other than there was green and that it's supposed mm. to have come from Ireland. That was literally <laughs> all I knew about St. Patrick's Day was that it was an Irish thing and that you had to wear green or you would get pinched really bad. And that was yeah. my limited knowledge of St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> um, and honestly, it wasn't until I moved to Buffalo that I saw like how big of a thing it is mm. for people. So Buffalo, New York has actually a fairly large Irish community um, or Irish immigrant community um, in the past. They've, you know, it's been many, many decades since that has come to pass. But um, one of the largest... Um, St. Patrick's Day celebrations actually take place in Buffalo, New York, as well as Boston. Boston's a really big uh, location for it. They even dye their river green. um, So, so that, yeah, so that it like follows the whole theme of the day. Um, But yeah, it's like, it's like a whole day thing here. People get ready for it. It, There's a parade. It's a whole shebang. Wow. I mean, when they, when they, in Boston, they dye the water green. Yes, they dye the water green. Sort of tra- There's also another thing where people dye their beer green. So like green beer on St. Patrick's yeah, Day, yeah. that's a big thing. Yeah, I've heard of that stuff. I hadn't heard of anybody dying the river. I was just kind of wondering if it's in Boston, do they call it the Boston Green Tea Party? <laughs> um, sorry, that's really, really stretching it. <laughs> sorry, I had to get that out there. Oh, that was good. But yeah, no, they. I just know that for St. Patrick's Day, they dye the, mm. the river green. And it's like violently green (laughs) wow it's 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 not like a slight tint no no it's like someone took a bunch (laughs) of paint and just threw it in the river and it's like it's bright green wow that's pretty cool actually Uh, hopefully it's not toxic no i I, no i think they actually try very hard to make sure that it is a a non-toxic dye okay that's good no, I hadn't heard of that. That's quite an interesting thing to do. I mean, I've heard of people d- dying their beers green and that sort of stuff. You hear jokes about this sort of thing happening and all that kind of thing, like people getting splashed and the green just ends up all on their shirts and stuff like that and all that kind of thing. 
I think it's, it's probably quite a bit of fun. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody actually do that. Like, uh, I've heard of people doing it. I don't think I've ever actually come across it. Because in England, it's one of those things. It's funny because in Britain, I can't remember who the patron saint of Scotland is, which is stupid. I should remember that. But because in, in Britain, you have, well, in the United Kingdom, you have four. That's, I can't remember who the Scottish one is, and it'll probably come to me later on. I'll be really angry. There's St. David, who's saint, patron saint of Wales. And in England, you've got St. George. And then in Ireland, you've got St. Patrick. And the two you see in England are St. Patrick and St. George. And the thing is that a lot of people don't like the St. George one because it's associated with English nationalism. It has a tendency to be sort of, well, a bit racist, basically. Whereas St. Patrick is much more considered to be... It's more fun. People are having a good time. It's a much more... Um, it's a pleasant thing. It doesn't. It doesn't. You don't see a bunch of people dressing up in fake chainmail armor and m- essentially dressing up like medieval crusader knights wandering the streets. You don't see that on St Patrick's Day, but you see it on St George's Day, uh, which is a bit of a shame. I don't know. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's a bit sort of yeah. Whereas St Patrick's Day, I think, just doesn't have that connotation for whatever reason. As Irish pride is much more. It's much nicer, but I think because of the Irish diaspora and all, can you call it a diaspora? But I mean, like the the movement, the migration of Irish people over the centuries is much less. Um, it's less conquering. It's unpleasant. more, yeah, for survival. Yes, yeah. The necessity is, you know, like after the after the famine and all that sort of thing. But then also being part of like armies and things like that of different nations as well. Because I mean, they certainly they serve the English, but I think that a lot of Irish people were happy to help in the French as well. Because um, you know, yeah, we'll we'll put it to the Brits. It's all right. Who's gonna? <laughs> help? Who's who's who who doesn't like the Brits either? Oh, the French. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll fight with the French. <laughs> yeah, there, there was there were um, plans. I think partly when Napoleon was around, the British was, were really frightened of the idea that Ireland would be the back door. That the Irish and the French would sign an agreement because it had happened before. Interesting. That it was going to be an uh, a, a, a um an invasion through Ireland. Um, huh. It's happened a few times actually, um, because the Irish have always wanted independence to a degree. Um, understandably there's been wars forever I suppose that's the thing isn't it about St Patrick's Day it is about showing your culture and go in the face of sort of really serious oppression and real violence mm-hmm. um, I medieval I did a little research because it was I know it was going to bother you St Andrew is the saint oh, of right, Scotland yeah. yeah okay that makes sense there you go because yeah. <laughs> I knew it was going to bug Thank you <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> But yeah, it's it's just so interesting to see, um, like, there are so many people who really get into St. Patrick's Day, even people who have no Irish descent, who have no connection to Ireland, mm. they don't necessarily care about Ireland, but to them, it's a really good time. A lot of people, I think especially in the States, view it as more of an excuse to get riotously drunk. Um, <laughs> like to be very honest, like I think for a lot of people, yeah. especially younger Americans, St. Patrick's mm. Day is an excuse to just get wasted, like totally yeah. locked. Um, which is interesting because the first St. Patrick's Day parade, um, I did a little research into it, was in 1772, and it mm. was Irish soldiers who were fighting for the English, and they were mm. missing Ireland, so they had 
on St. Patrick's Day, they held a parade in his honor as a way mm-hmm. to like remember home while they were fighting in a foreign war. Um, mm. And that was the first like real instance of a St. Patrick's Day parade here in the States. And then over time, okay. it's evolved and changed. Um, the mm. bigger ones are in places where there has been a traditionally large Irish community. Like I said, Boston, Buffalo, New York mm-hmm. is a big one. Uh, New yeah. York City has a pretty big um, St. Patrick's Day parade. But I think over mm-hmm. time, specifically in the States, I think in Ireland, it's a very different uh, celebration but in the states it's really mm. turned into just kind of the way that mardi gras it's been turned into an excuse yes. to just totally get drunk um mm. yeah, i don't think it's i don't think it's quite like that and certainly not i don't know how much it, it would i think it's a bit difficult because i mean the thing is obviously ireland at the moment is obviously divided into two parts so you have northern ireland and the republic of ireland don't say Southern Ireland because I get upset. It's a republic. Um, it, it's important. Uh, but I mean, I think in Northern Ireland, you have like these traditions of doing these sorts of marches and things like that on different sides because obviously you've got Protestants and Catholics and there's still a lot of that there. I mean, it's still under the surface and people really worry about it. Um, so I'm not... I think maybe in Northern Ireland it would be more contentious um, because you do have like what, what they call the Orange Men who who march uh, 12th of July, I think it is, which is a Battle of the Boyne Day. Um, so that's for the Protestants, for the Catholics, obviously it would be St. Patrick's Day. So I'm, I think maybe in the North it would probably be a bit more contentious. But I mean, in Ireland itself, I mean, I'm assuming that generally speaking, it's actually a more celebratory thing because the, the, the Republic is a bit, is more stable and they're looked after better generally by their government than the North of Ireland is. I mean, mm-hmm. we can just see what's happening in recent politics to work out what the what the rest of britain thinks of northern ireland <laughs> or at least what the government of westminster thinks of them i mean it's yeah it's um it's yeah i, I suppose yeah that's just the thing isn't it it's just that it, again it just is because it, it is a positive thing mm-hmm. it is a fun thing it's it's it, fun there's see, definitely yeah. an air yeah. of fun when you think of saint patrick's day it's supposed to be this very like lively fun celebratory event like it definitely is a day of having fun with people and it's very general Mm. it's very similar to Mardi Gras where it's a community of people you're celebrating together with instead of celebrating with family or just celebrating with friends it's the community is coming together to celebrate on a specific day yes and it's a good thing I mean and the thing is, is it just seems to be anybody can kind of like get involved with it I mean I suppose you know saints are saints aren't they i mean people claim saints but i mean you know you can have them anybody can celebrate a saint's day if they want to obviously um <laughs> but it's it's just interesting because of, of i mean it's the funny thing is is one of these people that we could be pretty sure was real as well i think because some some saints you can't be entirely sure i mean it's like in england with saint george you can't i don't think you can be entirely sure that saint george was even real mm-hmm. i mean he's supposed to come from turkey but whether he was a real man or not i mean obviously he'd, it could have been well, like I mean, an amalgamation of different people. Yes. And then they just yes. put all those stories together and they were like, it's this one person. Whereas with St. Mm. Patrick, it's there is a history that we can look at and say like, okay, well, yeah. he was kidnapped at 16, brought to Ireland. He mm-hmm. escaped. He came back. Like there is information about him that we can say, okay, this was a real person. Now yes. him driving the snakes out of Ireland Hmm. we'll we'll say probably most likely definitely not um there were no snakes in ireland but um i think the 
the fact that he was a real person is pretty likely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be pretty reasonable. I mean, the story seems to be pretty sensible. I mean, there were slave traders and people were did trade people across from Ireland and all that sort of stuff. People were trading slaves from Ireland up until at least the into the Viking period and um, probably afterwards. I mean... They, I don't know whether they actually. I think they have found sort of like the what we would see from stuff that people have been taken from Africa and centuries later, the same sorts of things you would find in places like Dublin and Ireland, because that used to be a um, sort of Viking trading port and they did trade slaves. So the thing is that there probably was a slave trade that was moving around that part of Europe at the time, and the Roman Empire had slaves for forever. I mean, they just kept them anyway. Even when they became Christian, they were trading in slaves. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it would be it's, it's plausible. Um, um, I mean, and obviously, like historically, you've also got things like the Irish are definitely people from Ireland were invading into places like Scotland and stuff like that. So the idea that they would come across from Ireland and take someone away who was, you know, living in Wales or in England or something like that is not is not implausible. Yeah, no, um, it's it's definitely it's, a possibility. And, and it probably did happen. I mean, we don't do know about that sort of thing happening for centuries. I mean, people were still being kidnapped from the shores of Britain until. I think at least the 1600s and maybe even to the 1700s there were people who'd been kidnapped from the shores of Britain and taken away into uh, North Africa so I mean it's not it's not it's not implausible mm-hmm. I mean the other thing that's interesting about St Patrick is definitely how important he is because as far as we understand it there are sort of, there were two strains of Christianity that sort of existed I mean once the Roman Empire collapsed or at least when they left Britain, which is about 410 AD, that's kind of officially when the Roman Empire ended in Britain. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of people who were left behind who were sort of, they were the people who'd been there for centuries, but then had been Romanized and kind of like had the, you know, they were probably speaking in Latin and they had, um, or at least some of them could probably speak Latin and they were living in the way that a Roman would normally expect to live. Mm-hmm. So St. Patrick was one of those sorts of people. But the thing is, is that after the collapse of the empire, you do have movements of people who, who became ruling classes. So, you know, essentially the Saxons, the Jutes, Angles and people like that who came from areas that are basically the same was where the Vikings came from. They had a very similar culture. It's just a couple of hundred years beforehand. They came over and sort of like started to settle. I mean, how many of them there were is a bit difficult to say, but they were pagan. And so pagan paganism moved back into Britain anyway. And so the thing is, that the one thing that saved sort of like religion and well, Christianity in Britain until somebody else came from Rome about a hundred years later or, or more was this sort of Irish tradition of things that had come down from supposedly from St. Patrick taking it over to Ireland. I mean, so there's a kind of a culture in England of doing things that comes from a more Irish or older kind of Christianity that had existed while St. Patrick was alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he kind of helped to save it. I mean, the Irish helped to save it as well in, in, in Britain anyway. It's so interesting because we think hmm. of Christianity when we say Christianity as like a very all around umbrella term. And then it's hmm. so fascinating to see. I mean, we know that there are all the different split ups. There's Protestants, there's Catholics, there's yeah. um, Baptists and all that other stuff. But it is really yeah. fascinating to see how specific it gets. And even within Catholicism, there are different yes. variations of it based on who was the person who was teaching it. So it's really yes. interesting to see how it propagated itself within a specific country and had long-term effects. And it's mm. it's just also so interesting to see how St. Patrick's Day is taken as basically just 
like I said, an excuse to get drunk. Whereas for the longest time in Ireland, it was seen as a religious day. Um, Mm. And in fact, for the longest time, pubs were actually closed on St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. They were not allowed to be open. And so it's so interesting that up until like the mid-90s, there Mm. was finally a movement to start getting people to open pubs up and make it so that people could drink on St. Patrick's Day. But for the longest time, Mm. it was a big no-no because it's happening during the time of Lent. When most people are supposed (laughs) to be not having meat, not drinking, they're supposed to be fasting, and then you have St. Patrick's Day, which is the total opposite of that. You eat meat because you're supposed to eat, like, Irish bacon and cabbage. Mm -hmm. Um, So the bacon part of it is definitely meat. Um, And then (laughs) you're fasting, so you probably are not supposed to be having alcohol, and that's mostly what people do on St. Patrick's Day. So it's so interesting to see what is taken as a very serious time of year for many Catholics and the Irish are Catholic, but then they have this one yeah. day where you can just kind of <laughs> go crazy and have quite a few drinks. <laughs> I think that's the thing though, isn't it? It's just, it, like these festivals always, there's always like, this tension between these sorts of things. I mean, the Catholic church would worry about that sort of thing. I mean, even Protestant church is worried about it. I mean, part of the reason that Christmas was, essentially banned in England for a while is because of, well, it's a pagan festival. They're all misbehaving, so we can't allow it. It's got to be stopped. And so, you know, they would remove religious festivals on the grounds that people would misbehave and all that sort of thing. So I'm sure that the church would look at things and kind of go, yeah, we don't really want them misbehaving like this. And, and the church in Ireland was, because it's so strong, it used to be really strongly part of the identity of people in Ireland because of, I think it's less so now. Uh, but I mean, the Catholics against the Protestants and all that sort of stuff was really serious for a very long time. And it is because, you know, generally speaking, if you're a Protestant, it meant that you did come from a more, you were more likely to have been moved over to the island of Ireland in order to control the local population. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when you get names that sound Scottish and stuff like that are often people who were brought over who were Protestants from Scotland to rule areas or control things so normally if you have you have names in Ireland like O'Neill or O'Brien or something like that that's the O suggests that it, you know that's an Irish name but if it begins with MC or MAC you know like you know McIntyre or something like that it probably means that they were a Scot that came over and they were a Protestant they were probably part of a ruling class or something like that or part of it it's and so this, this, the tension between Protestants and Catholics, I mean, it goes back to the time of Henry the... I mean, this, yeah, this, the, the Irish have not really enjoyed being ruled by the English or the Scots for... for I don't centuries. think anyone enjoys it's, being ruled by no. anyone. <laughs> no. I mean, they, they've definitely fought against these people for a very, very long time. Um, but the problem is, is that of course, because of the religious thing, it was became whose side are you on depends on whether you're a Protestant or whether you're a Catholic. And certainly in in northern ireland it was a really big deal for a very long time it's so i mean maybe maybe part i mean the the republic is less interested now i think because obviously they had so many problems with the catholic church within ireland it's really really it's wiped out Mm -hmm. because because of the scandals and stuff like that within the church it's wiped out people's desire to be religious and that sort of stuff i mean so i i don't know enough about the history of ireland within the past hundred years or so to be able to say exactly i mean i can i know a little bit about you know the the independence of the country and the civil war and that sort of stuff. And then you hear stories about the black and tans and all those sorts of people, the horrible things that happen with all that sort of thing. Uh, but you don't, I don't know enough about what happened sort of through the seventies and into the, um, through and into sort of like more recent times of the country itself. I mean, it's, 
it's changed drastically. So I, St. Patrick's Day becomes a thing that can kind of fit into a modern society because it is a national day, which I think people need. Mm-hmm. But it's also something that isn't it isn't aggressive, it isn't violent, there isn't anything like that in it. It's just, you know, let people have a drink, let people have fun. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to worry about the religion so much anymore. Yeah, I think the only thing I always like to warn people if they're doing St. Patrick's Day, especially if you're in a more northern area, it is a lot colder than you think it's going to be. <laughs> Please wear a jacket. I know it might clash yes. with all the green that you're wearing, but I would rather you be warm than catch hypothermia because you thought it would be cute yeah. to wear a... Uh, very little clothes because you were going to be drinking for a while just you know be smart be sure that you have a ride don't drink and drive that's not cute (laughs) um and and don't mix your drinks yeah don't mix drinks and make sure that you're around people that you can trust that you know will be sure that you get home safe um because it's good to have fun, but you also want to make sure that you get home safe and that you can have fun mm, the next mm. day. Um, so that was always the thing, like working, because I worked in customer, I worked in a restaurant for multiple years yes. during St. Patrick's Day. Of course, we were right near where the parade happened. So we made a lot of money selling food because a lot of people mm. would be drinking a lot, but then would forget to eat. So we set up Uh, an outdoor food setting where we would grill burgers Mm. outside so people would smell it and they were like oh my gosh i'm hungry it's like yeah you've been Mm. drinking for five hours you need to eat something (laughs) like go ahead and eat something um so that's always something that i i just like to remind people is definitely have fun enjoy all the drinks i'm not going to be the person to tell you not to drink but Mm. make sure to pace yourself drink plenty of water have some food and get home safe because then you'll definitely yeah. have fun the next day. Um, I or think at least more, well, depending on how hungry you are. Yeah, true. Depending on how <laughs> hungover you are, you'll at least probably have some fun in the afternoon once you've recovered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here here in Buffalo, yeah, it's really big. I think it wasn't until I moved here that I realized like how big of a deal it was mm. for people. Because there's like a full-on parade and different communities come together to make sure that this parade happens. Everyone from all, like there are people who come from outside of Buffalo who travel internationally to come to Buffalo for St. Patrick's day celebrations. Same thing with um, Boston. I know that a lot of people Mm -hmm. travel to Boston so that they can take part in St. Patrick's day, very similar to Mardi Gras for new Orleans. Um, And, the only other thing, I don't think we even touched on it, but it seems to be part of the imagery that follows along with St. Patrick's Day is the whole visual of the leprechaun. Um, yes. <laughs> which is interesting because it's it has to do with like fairy lore. Um, and mm-hmm. the leprechaun is like a, it, it's a butchering of a folkloric figure i'm not even going to try and pronounce it because i will butcher it myself um but l-o-b-a-i-r-c-i-n um and it just means a small bodied person a small bodied Mm -hmm. fellow and leprechauns in folklore were cranky souls that were in charge of mending the shoes of other fairies and it's just fascinating (laughs) because over time um 
they were seen as like very minor figures in Celtic folklore. They weren't even like a mm. major figure, but the one thing they were known for was trickery and they were used, right. they, they were known for having treasure. And so that's another element of St. Patrick's day is there's a lot of imagery of gold and having right, money yeah. and gold. So the idea of having leprechauns around, which are these trickster spirits that protect gold, it kind of meshes together, but it's so fascinating yeah. that, this creature that is considered like so minor eventually became like one of the major symbols of this day is the leprechaun. (laughs) It's a kind of almost like a running joke with Irish people, all the stuff about leprechauns. I mean, it's not the only thing it's, it's almost as if it's the only thing anybody knows about Ireland. It's like, what, 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 what is Irish famous for? Guinness and leprechauns. Yeah. It's, it's just so strange. It's a bit unfair, but I mean, it is generally speaking, it's just that kind of thing. They just go, yeah, leprechauns. So like, oh God, it must it must be frustrating. I'm sure it is. It has to be because there's so many other elements of Irish culture that are really big and important, and people only mm. think of Guinness and leprechauns and clovers, like the four leaf clover. Yes, that's that's yes. pretty much like if you say Irish, that's what people will think of. Yeah, it's really really weird, isn't it? But it's also interesting how many people like. So it's just like thing, just like talking about how many people actually celebrate it. Is how many people, at least, have somewhere in their history some Irish relative that they can point to within living memory. Generally speaking, for a lot of people, it's, definitely it, in the U.S. in the like northeastern mm. region, there is there are so many traces of Irish culture and Irish mm. immigrants that. There, if you yes. live in the northeastern area of the United States, there is a very strong likelihood that you have someone Irish within your family. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting that it's just, you know, because you do hear people sort of like going, yeah, you know, looking back at the history and sort of like saying, oh yeah, I'm German or I'm Italian or, particularly in the U.S. and not so much in Britain, I suppose, but like in the U.S. you do hear people talking about their heritage being Italian or German or Irish or Scots. Don't hear of English very much, which is interesting. Um, not surprising, to be fair. No, but, there's um, still an undercurrent of, yeah, those yeah. English. Yeah, those, it's like, that guys, yeah. that was hundreds of years ago. <laughs> Can we get over it? <laughs> but, I mean, it's just even even within England itself. I mean, certainly in Scotland, there's a huge thing about like Scots who, who, who had come from Ireland because of the famine and all that sort of stuff. And Liverpool's another city that has a huge number of people who moved in the 1840s, if I get my dates right, 1848, I think is the correct date for part of the famine anyway. Um, but a lot of Irish people moved into Britain because obviously Ireland and Britain two separate two separate islands. It's important to remember that. Um, it's, it's just interesting because you hear a lot of people saying, I have Irish heritage. Huge numbers of people, it's in my family. Um, it's all over the place. It's, it's and in america you how many people actually just go yeah we're irish that's it Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a big part of identity a very large part of their identity is the fact that they can point to i have irish descent like i have family who came from there and it's a huge part of how they see themselves within the world yes it's just interesting that that identity is so strong though that's what i find interesting about it it's I mean, I suppose the Italian identity is important in America as well. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, just... definitely in certain areas, like in New York, mm. if you have Italian like descent, there are a lot of people who 
that is that is what they cling to. That is a huge part of their mm. personality and their identity is the fact that they have Italian descent. There's also big pockets of that in New Jersey as well. Oh, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I suppose it makes sense though, doesn't it? In a way. Because it, it, it faces the right direction. <laughs> it fa- faces towards Europe rather than towards, towards Asia, doesn't it? I know what, what you I mean. mean, but that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> It faces in the direction of Europe. It's not, yeah, that sounded a bit weird. I phrased that wrong. <laughs> no, I loved it's, it. That was great. Because um, I suppose, yeah, because maybe, maybe that's why people in, in Britain are so sort of like aware of their Irish identity because it's only, it's only a short way across the water. And part of mm-hmm. what is the island of Ireland is part of the United Kingdom. So there will be that kind of thing of like, yeah, you know, we perceive you as being sort of part of the country but not there's some weird stuff politically to do with ireland yeah i was gonna say that also is part of it there's a very long very bloody tradition between ireland and britain yeah there was um it's 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 going into a bit of dark politics but i thought it was quite a good joke is somebody said you know somebody said there's there's a lot of people in in parts of the europe paraphrasing it slightly or like glossing over certain bits but somebody said uh you know it's, it's as if members of certain parts of the upper class of britain and political parties don't really seem to understand that the Irish have gone. You know, it's been a hundred years. They're not coming back. <laughs> they, do, they fail to treat it as a foreign country, which it is. It's just, it's just interesting mm-hmm. how big Ireland looms in sort of people's identity and thinking about Europe and stuff like that and the world. You know, the Irish have done a lot for us. Yeah, <laughs> done a lot. It's just, I don't know. It's an interesting one, just because like you know, there's talking about it recently there have been a few i think about a year or two ago there's a really good program on talking about this sort of thing to do with the famine itself but then more recently to do with english or british politics the thing is is that ireland has just been you can't not talk about ireland it's it's just there ireland is just so important in terms of just what's going on at the moment and it's also important in terms of how the u.s views um britain at the moment because the british government are just nuts um mm-hmm. this is the nicest way of putting it but i mean there was a talk about this is because there's this thing of the good friday agreement which basically means that the northern northern island and the republic of ireland have to have the same rules on each side of the border essentially it's kind of breaks down for very simply how it goes and the british government threatened to break that agreement and the united states it was nancy pelosi said you do that you're not getting a trade deal and the british government went oh, all right we won't do it then because wow. the irish are that important you know, the, the Irish are that important. And, and again, in negotiations with the European Union, what are we going to do about Ireland? It's like, oh, yeah, it's, Ireland is the linchpin. It's really, really weird how important that country is. Well, it's there's just, there's uh, a history there. Honor. You can't forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And sorry, St. Patrick's Day brings it up into your head, doesn't it? How important <laughs> the Irish are. are exactly. Important. There you are. It's a day to celebrate the Irish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. For talk, We talked about St. Patrick's Day, how it's a fun day. But again, a reminder, please stay safe while you enjoy your mm. St. Patrick's Day celebrations, especially during a time right now where you really shouldn't be around a lot of people. So if you're going to celebrate, <laughs> do it in a safe way, please. Um, mm. But thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, you can reach out to us. We're on Twitter at Passport, N-E-C-E-S-S-1. So Passport Nessa 1. Um, you can also leave us a comment or a review uh, anywhere our fine podcasts can be found. Um, that definitely uh, would make us super happy because we, we work hard on this and we enjoy making them. And it really does mean to world, the world to us if you enjoy it as well. Um, 
But yeah, thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have a good rest of the day. Bye. Bye. Bye.